It is time to go deeper in God's Word. It's time to engage in truth. Here is Dr. Steve Ford and Pastor John Bornstein. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. I'm Steve Ford, your co-host for today's show. Together with Pastor John Bornstein, Senior Pastor at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley here in Colorado Springs, we are continuing our discussion of the top 10 issues that divide Christians. The prior episodes in this series and many more can be found on the church's website at calvaryfountain.com. Today's show is titled Religious Pluralism. Now, interestingly, an internet search of this term will yield multiple definitions. They range from embracing the freedom of individuals to worship as they choose to purporting that all religions are equally valid. The emphasis of today's show will be regarding the latter. Specifically, do all religions lead to and or result in the same destination? And most especially, does Christianity make exclusive truth claims? And if so, just how important is that? But before proceeding, we'd like to discuss the situation uh, currently evolving in Israel. Pastor John? Well, Dr. Ford, thank you very much. Obviously, we are coming into the studio with heavy heart. This whole week has been really just not only one that has led us to urgent prayer, but really causing, in a good way, all of us to open our Bibles and examine what is going on around us. I mean, we've had over these last two years now war with Russia and the Ukraine, but it's not just been between Russia and Ukraine. This has been the West deeply involved, other nations that are supporting Russia. We're seeing uh, this move of BRICS with other nations now supporting Russia and their endeavors. And simultaneously, now we're seeing Hamas launching this what they are deeming as a surprise attack on Israel and how quickly that escalated. I use that as an opportunity to tell people about and scripture uh, on Sunday, we went to God's holy word and looking at the Olivet discourse in which Jesus said that when the Antichrist at the midway point of the final seven years, the final Shemitah cycle, halfway into that, after he has brokered peace with Israel, that he will break that peace treaty, and the Lord says, don't even go back to your homes, don't go back for your tunic or your clothing, flee into the wilderness, because that's where he will care for those who are obedient and trusting in the Lord to provide for them, as he did when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And he, I mean, think about the urgency of that. Don't even go back to your house when that happens. So we see how quickly things escalated there in the land of Israel what a great image then for us to be able to see how urgent that situation will be in that final seven-year period of time in the halfway point with the final 42 months of the Antichrist wanting to be called God on earth and to be worshipped as such. So, Dr. Ford, it really does seem fitting that we begin today's program at least talking about these things going on there in the Middle East with the nation of Israel. It's important that we understand God's promises and role for the land of Israel. Even right now, while there are many in the land of Israel who still don't understand Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that's ultimately what we would pray for, and I I believe that we need to do that even here on this program, is that we pray for the salvation of Jew and Gentile alike. We pray for Arabs to come to know Jesus Christ. We have already heard a number of stories before all of this broke out. We support three churches there in the land of Israel of how many Arabs were being waken out of their sleep with encounters with Jesus. And it seems awesome to consider such things. We often don't think like that or pray or even have visions like that here 
in the West, but certainly God is still moving all around the world. It is it shook them out of their sleep. Palms were sweaty. They immediately run to Christians. We have three Christian churches, one in Jerusalem, one in Bethlehem and one in Jericho. And so two of those are in the West Bank. And they have been giving the gospel message boldly there. In fact, when we just took our trip recently to Israel, we were only a block away from one of those churches, and they broad, broadcast Christian prayers on a Sunday. Since they have to listen to the Islamic prayers throughout the week, they broadcast Christian prayers. They have their own tower. It's pretty awesome. But they were talking about how many Arabs were giving their lives to the Lord, and they know that when they do that, they are saying goodbye. They're turning their back on family, heritage, even their old name, because they often have to have a new name when they give their lives to Christ. So God is moving in that land. And so what we see happening right before us, I believe, Dr. Ford, and you could speak to this certainly as well, is, is prophecy unfolding, building blocks toward those prophecies unfolding before our eyes, because these things don't happen overnight. So you, you have to have a foundation that's laid, that's building towards what we read in Ezekiel 38, or what we read in Psalm 83 or Isaiah 17, uh, many of Isaiah's prophecies build toward this. So we, we see that these things are unfolding real time before us, and it could be years removed. Uh, we don't want to go on record saying that this is happening right now, but it is very interesting because as of late, even Amir Sarfati reported that Russia had de- declared support for the Palestinians. How did that happen? Well, the Arab League chief, Ahmed Abur Gehet, he traveled to Moscow the next morning. So the sneak attack on Saturday that came by air, sea, and land, the very next day, he's on a plane to Moscow of all places, and he talks with the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, on the situation in Gaza right after this Palestinian Islamic group Hamas launches the largest attack on Israel in years, and it was likened to the 50th anniversary of the 1973 Yom Kippur War, except for this time it was quite substantial. They came by air, sea, and land, paragliders, many rushing the border, killing women and children, taking hostages, slitting their throats. I mean, this is a horrible situation. We're seeing the videos playing out real time. And now we find out that as we look at step back from this for a moment, Iran was obviously deeply involved in this. Some even wonder if the $6 billion released by the U.S. enabled this. But this has been planned for months. Perhaps they just repurposed resources, knowing that the $6 billion was going to be released. So they took $6 billion over here to finance Hamas. I don't know that this they were going to do this anyway, right? And they were going to fund the, these initiatives. So we know that Iran is behind this. But now with Russia's support, the building blocks seem to be underway here toward Gog and Magog of Scripture. And Dr. Ford, we've talked about this a lot, uh, that Iran's involvement just seems to be another piece of this. Ezekiel 38.5 specifically cites Persia as an ally of Magog and Rosh. So other nations come alongside in this coalition of Sudan, Turkey, Libya, amongst others, even perhaps uh, just south or around uh, past the region of Jordan. And so we've got all of these that are suddenly building this movement against Israel. And that seems to be what the news has now shifted gears toward. First, it was Israel was attacked. Now it's anger toward Israel of how they responded, that all the series of, of attacks of, from the air, 
over Gaza, leveling buildings, wiping them out. And so people suddenly shifted gears to saying, oh, well, the response doesn't match the attack. So now Israel's the bad guy is, is what's being perpetuated there. And immediately I go to scripture on this. This is where we need to go uh, because there's a number of scriptures that talk about this, uh, of the fact of likening Israel even to a lion. I mean, you go back to Genesis chapter 49, verse 9, Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who dares rouse him? So here we have an enemy of Israel that slapped the lion in the face and then wondered why the lion reciprocated the way it did. I mean, it's common sense that Israel has the right to defend itself and to do so in extraordinary fashion. And we see, we certainly wanted that as Americans when 9-11 happened. That's right. And we justified it. And then we went into Iraq, and we've been in the Middle East ever since, and up until recently even in Afghan, Afghanistan. And so, you know, we, we wanted retaliation. And it was okay to retaliate the way we did, and we justified that. And now we're suddenly, by way of all the news reports, suddenly turning on Israel, saying, oh, well, you can't respond like that. How foolish is that? And of course, Dr. Ford, I probably could sit on my high horse all day long on this because this just frustrates me. Uh, But yet at the same time, how awesome it is that we are seeing some of the things that Scripture has been talking about since day one. I mean, these prophecies go back to Ezekiel. We're we're talking about over 2,000, 2,500 year plus prophecies telling us these things would happen. And we're seeing some of this happen in real time right before our eyes, building toward it. It could be years away. But this, especially when we talk about Ezekiel 38, this seems to, seems to be an event that occurs right at the beginning of the tribulation or leads right into the tribulation. Psalm 83 describes something very similar. So the outcome of all of this, as we know, is that God will supernaturally intervene. I mean, Gog's coalition is utterly destroyed. He tells us in Ezekiel 39, 4 to 5, on the mountains of Israel, you will fall You and all your troops and the nations with you, I will give you as food to all kinds of carrion birds and to the wild animals. So Iran, allied with Russia, will think their invasion of Israel is a sure victory. But God has different plans. That's what we can take from this. In protecting Jerusalem, God will send a strong message to the world. I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. I will no longer... Let my holy name be profaned, and the nations will know that I, the Lord, am the Holy One in Israel, he says in verse 7 there of Ezekiel 39. So I think that we can watch very carefully here. We dare not necessarily fill this in to the blanks and say this is what it is. But we also know that Erdogan is now part of this. Erdogan, who's president of Turkey, and that's what this Ezekiel prophecy describes is coalition of Turkey and Libya and Syria and Russia and Iran. And now Erdogan has made his voice known that he's very displeased that the uh, America has sent an aircraft carrier nearby to monitor this situation. He doesn't think that's positive at all. He immediately called for a two state solution, as did China. All of this is completely contrary to God's holy word. This is God's land. He has the right to divide it up, not man. And every time they try to call for a two-state solution, it never. This is, it's foolishness because this land belongs to God. In fact, if you go to Genesis chapter fifteen on this, this land has always been much bigger than it is today. I mean, the actual borders of Israel, according to Genesis fifteen eighteen, stretches from the Euphrates all the way down to the Nile. So, who's occupying who? 
This land actually belongs to Israel, and now they're down to a sliver. And every time we trade land for peace, it never works. They always want more because according to the Quran, and I can give you a number of verses on this, and you look to uh, chapter 7, 145 to 146, or chapter 4, even chapter 5, we see that they are called the people of the book. That's the Jews and the Christians, the people of the book. And they're likened to swine, to pig, to be slaughtered. Uh, that that's that's the way they're viewed and again i believe in the hope of jesus christ that he can save all of the people involved here the arab jew alike certainly i was one of them i was hostile to jesus christ when i was dead in my trespasses and as we've been just sort of laying the foundation to want to talk about religious pluralism the bottom line of all that is jesus christ is the only way the truth and the life and he is for the arab the jew the gentile we're all in this we're dead in our trespasses. We all need the hope of Jesus Christ. And as we see prophecy starting to unveil before our eyes, my hope in this is that there will be a, a, an alert to all of us to say, we're, we're so close to the coming of Jesus Christ. We have got to get our lives right if we have not declared Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, that his blood atones for our trespasses, our sins against the holiness of God, that only in Jesus Christ do we live then what is going to shake the sleepy person? What is going to shake the sleepy church if our affairs are not in order, if we're not carrying out the gospel message and fulfillment of the Great Commission? These things all ought to be before us. And Dr. Ford, you had a number of comments. I have just taken all of the time so far. What are some of your thoughts on no, that? No, this has been great. It is sort of like what you're saying. It's almost like a John the Baptist moment. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And when we see all these things, like I said, prophecies that are thousands of years old, potentially coming true before our very eyes. We were talking before the show, the, the horrific part when you read these prophecies is the human suffering and the toll that's exacted here. Um, I, I think it's just beyond anything that we can really imagine uh, and just horrific. And as you said, we pray for all those involved that they would come to saving faith in Jesus Christ and that our God is big enough to do that and does that on a daily basis and that all things, all these things would be according to his purposes and for his will. And I think we especially need to be prayerful for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are caught up in this and caught up in these areas that they will supernaturally be blessed with guidance and direction and to be light in the darkness. But always we pray that, that God's will be done. But it is exciting to think that some of these prophecies could be coming true before our very eyes but definitely we need to draw closer to the lord to repent to turn to him and to dig into our bibles amen it, it was very humbling to think we just had a group there in israel uh, in fact there are groups right now we still have two people that are there uh that are haven't yet been able to return home we're praying for their safe passage wow. back home of course some of this is just precautionary many were ushered into bomb shelters and so sure. forth this past week and uh, we know that this continues to escalate. The, the ground offensive is beginning and so forth. So we have a lot of praying to do for the people of Israel. But it was humbling to consider that we just had a group there in April and all of these plans were underway even at that time while wow. we were there. We just heard news that another group is there, 53 people there held, a bunch of groups that we're even familiar with that are being held there. They are not allowed to leave and come back to the United States yet. Again, precautionary. But we need to pray for all of the, this, I mean, every detail of this. We are lifting up our three churches in that region, and uh, we have dear friends there, and I just, my heart grieves for their condition and state, but I tell you, there are so many Christians that are on fire in the region that are going forth with boldness, bearing the light of truth as salt and light in this world, and so they are going 
to the Western Wall. They are going out into Jerusalem. They are teaching people, speaking boldly in the of the name of Jesus Christ wow. in times like these. And I just, I, my heart just lifts them up. And I just ask, you know, Dr. Ford, if we could just pause for a moment and pray for all of this, even we may not even touch much on religious pluralism today. We're going to be covering this over the next yeah. few weeks. It's so important because as the world thinks that there are many paths to salvation, we have got to set the record straight. It is only as the Lord declares that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth and the life. Amen. He is the true Prince of Peace, right? Only in Jesus Christ will peace come because they're going to declare even now around the world, peace, peace, but there will be no peace. It is only found in Christ Jesus. So that's why what we're about to talk about over this week and the next few weeks is vital that we understand this truth. It is the only truth. Jesus Christ is the giver of truth. Jesus Christ is the giver of life. And so in a world of chaos, if we don't have a firm foundation in that truth, we will be susceptible to the schemes and ploys of the devil, especially by way of wayward headlines that might steer your emotion off course to what is truth. And so we have to have the Bible open before us to be able to navigate the signs of the times and what is going on, lest we use the wrong lens, the wrong filter of information. It has to be God's word. And because we are going to hear a perspective we're going to hear often a very skewed uh, re- version of reality by way of our headlines. If we're just only dependent on our secular media for information, we're going to be steered wrongly. So we have to be able to navigate like the sons of Issachar correctly by God's holy word. So, Dr. Ford, would you mind just praying for oh, us and, and praying for that whole situation? And maybe in a couple minutes, we can talk just a little bit about sure. religious pluralism. Oh, Definitely. <laughs> Abba Father, we thank you for this time together and we come before you in all humility. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your scriptures and your prophecies that have prepared us for these times so that we are not caught unaware. And we know that you have seen the end from the beginning and we know that you love all involved. And we just, we pray especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ for supernatural blessing, watch care and protection that they will be light in the darkness and courageous in speaking your truth. Fill our hearts with love and represent Jesus Christ boldly in this situation. And we lift the realm for every blessing of the earthly and heavenly realms. We know that you are in charge, and we pray that everything will be accomplished according to your will, to your purposes, and your glory. And may this draw us closer to you, in reverence to you, and in service to you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You know, Dr. Ford, it's just something I have to at least let our listener know again, that if you don't understand the role of Israel in the end time, that God has a plan for Israel. If you don't understand that, you will easily side with where the media is trying to drag us into this idea that somehow Israel is now the bad guy. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And we understand that there are men at the helm here. We understand that there are individuals in Israel who are going to make decisions that don't align with a biblical worldview. But God still has his hand on Israel. And in fact, the final seven years is designed by God that will bring Israel to repentance and restoration ultimately as they will see the Messiah come down from heaven, descend down to the Mount of Olives and come victoriously into Jerusalem and destroy the enemies of God. And then he will bring about a 1000 year millennial kingdom with the new temple that will be built there in Jerusalem. So big you could fit all of the other temples inside of it. Jesus Christ will reign from there. And even King David, as we read scripturally, 
will be given an assignment to rule over the city of Jerusalem while Jesus Christ reigns over all the earth. Dr. Ford, we spent a lot of time on that. Of over 100 prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled, they're still forthcoming during that millennial kingdom in which will be peace on earth, true peace at the city of peace, Jerusalem, there on Mount Moriah to bring glory to God across the whole earth and all the kingdoms of men will come there to Jerusalem to worship Jesus Christ. In fact, during the Feast of Tabernacles, which is when this happened, by the way, I mean, we got to think about this. Zechariah says that when Jesus Christ reigns on high, the nations will come to Jerusalem to worship Jesus Christ for the Feast of Tabernacles. This attack happened at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, which is about the 1,000 year reign of Jesus Christ. That's ultimately what was to be depicted an image of, because we know that it was for the Jew. It was about God's deliverance and how he brought them out of the oppression in Egypt and brought them safely into the new, the promised land under God's great deliverance. And again, it was to give an image of Jesus Christ in his 1000 year reign over all the earth. So this attack happens right at the end of that on what was declared as the last great day. And that is about when God makes all things new, a new heaven and a new earth. And they attacked then. Is that not the spirit of the enemy? to come against the, the land of Israel on that day of all days? I, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. No. It, it really gives us an image here of the hate for the things of God and the people of God. And while this land of Israel is not filled with Jesus-worshiping people yet, at the end of that seven-year period of time, when Jesus Christ comes down onto the Mount of Olives, they will be celebrating their Messiah has come and they will acknowledge Jesus Christ as the rightful Messiah, as the one who always was and will always be. And it will be a time of great celebration. The bride will be united with Jesus Christ, coming victoriously with him on white horses. What a sight that will be. Talk about an entourage of a number so big it can't even be described. You go back to Revelation 7, you see them all worshiping there around the throne room before he even comes back to the earth. And it's a number that says can't be counted. And yet we're given numbers of everything else except for that. And that tells you how many will be coming back with the Lord Jesus, i.e. we, the bride of Christ, with him and, and watching him reign on high victoriously. I can't, it just, I get so excited by that. Ezekiel 48 then describes how the Lord Jesus partitions up the land to give it back to all the tribes of Israel. Romans chapter 11 describes that all the branches of Israel are restored. All Israel will be saved. Doesn't mean every individual, but every tribe will be saved. God has a glorious plan for Israel. And he has a glorious plan for his bride. And it's a beautiful plan. Even the new Jerusalem comes down when there's a new heaven and new earth, has the tribes of Israel stamped on the gates. And they're pearly gates, which represents the, the restoration work that God has done in the Gentiles, the age of grace, the church age, the very gates, the pearl that has come out of something unclean is now made clean. And on those gates are stamped, stamped the names of the tribes of Israel. It, it, this whole thing about replacement theology and anti-Semitism and all these things, that has to go. That is no va- vocabulary in the Christian mouth, right? We should be blessing Israel. That's what we read in Genesis chapter 12. And, and we forget about some of these scriptures. Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you and him who honors you. I will I, him, him who dishonors you rather. I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He repeats that in numbers 24 verse nine. 
He crouched, he lay down like a lion, like a lioness, who who rouse him up. Blessed are those who bless you, and cursed are those who curse you. So again, Israel, the image of the lion, and Jesus Christ is the image of that lion, right? Right. And he will defend Israel, just as Michael the archangel defends Israel. But Dr. Ford, I know we didn't even touch on religious pluralism here today, but we kind of did. Because the reality is, is our whole discussion over these next couple weeks, probably on that vital discussion, is going to paint the picture in a very vivid and powerful way, biblically, that Jesus Christ is the only way. And every religion out there is wrong if it doesn't make Jesus Christ the center of the universe, right? That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we'll talk about that. Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, all these other false religions that lead men to hell. And how we need to set that record straight that it is only through Jesus Christ. So I'm real excited about what we're talking about on these next couple weeks. So we want to thank you for listening today as we've been talking about these vital issues going on in our world right now. And I want to encourage you to reach out to us, Calvary Fellowship, Fountain Valley Church. You can find us online at calvaryfountain.com. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. Right now we're taking up collections for churches in Israel. And so if you want to make that gift to Israel, all you have to do is designate that on our website, again, at calvaryfountain.com. Thanks for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Take care.